All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, it is the First of All podcast with your hosts, McCarty and Nathan, and we are excited for another week of uh, you listening to us on your way home or wherever you listen to us. I, I would imagine that you do it on your way home or on your way to something, because that's when I listen to all my podcasts. Because podcasts, you know, this is a whole topic in itself, but podcasts are just, they're not inconvenient, but they're not something you would just take time out of your day for i don't feel like but we can talk about that later um let's just jump right into it well nate didn't really give me a chance to speak you know i mean it's like my on my chopped liver really you know but i'm here my this is mccarty and uh we're we're here as always uh i don't know why people say chopped liver like I mean, I guess you throw that away and you never really think about it. So I guess that's why people say it. But also, like, no one really ever touches liver, you know? So I don't know why we're doing that at all. I kind of feel like every time we've had an expression and we're like, we don't know why they say it, we eventually come up with, like, why it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why people wear a vest either, but I can't really you can't really come up with a reason as to why somebody would do that either. So A vest is like a rug. It's like... You could get carpet, but maybe you'll just get a rug instead. Yeah. Well, like a vest is just like, why? You know, you just walk around in like semi shirts and you and it. But it's like never just that, you know, it's like you're you put it on top of something, which I think inherently tells you that it's not good enough. Okay, if you have to put a vest over your shirt. That really means the vest is not good enough. It's not It's not good enough to be a, a clothing item on its own. Therefore, it shouldn't be a clothing item. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you, Nate, you may say, you know, what about ties, McCarty? Like, can you, can you say the same thing about that? Yes. The answer is yes, I can. Why are we wearing ties? Where do they come from? Why do they exist? What about a tie makes it a formal thing to wear? Okay, you have to get to the bottom of these things, you know, or you're not living right. That's what I think. Here's what I like about the tie. I don't I don't really care about the vest, but what I like about the tie or the bow tie is it's just that topping off piece to to a nice, you know, you got a black suit on. There's that little black piece right in the middle of the white or whatever you're wearing underneath. I just kind of like that. It's an accent piece. The vest is just like, you know, you don't have enough material to finish it. I think they make vests out of the scraps that they really meant to make shirts with. I think you're you know? 100% right. They get done with the shirt and they're like, oh, we got all this fabric left over. What are we going to do? It's like, you know what? Let's make some vests and then sell them for more money than the shirt is because that makes sense, you know, because that's an American thing. Whatever clothing company first decided to sell their scraps as vests and it like took off as a trend, they're geniuses. They are. They are. And uh, some might say that I'm a genius. Um, you don't think so, Nate? I'm not saying that. I mean, just you were going to, you, I feel like you're about to launch into why you're a genius. And I just wanted to throw that in there. Throw what in there, though? What, like, what are you throwing? You know, like, mm. yeah. Sometimes people look at Nate's face and they're like, mm. you know, this is a... so I get it, really. Um, and here's the thing. If you're gambling, okay, follow me on this. If you're gambling money, okay, let's say you go to Vegas 
and uh you take 200 you got a 200 piece with you and um you you put 20 you get 20 exchange for chips okay and you're playing at the blackjack table and it's a two dollar table which would be a really cheap table and they do exist in vegas so whoever tells you they don't they're just lying because downtown vegas the original downtown not the strip has two dollar tables i've been there and they're really fun uh you put two dollars in you know you're winning you're on a streak you, you go let's say you go five and one you've won five you lost one you're up what ten dollars now no yeah you're up ten so if you think about what you're doing as a gambler is you're really playing to lose okay think about that you're playing to lose because if you continue winning you're going to keep playing until you lose so unlike other competitions or things that keep score, you want to win. You know, you're playing to win. And gambling, you're actually playing to lose. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, then you are way more smart than me, which there's no way that's true. So it has to blow your mind. Yeah, and I think another way to look at it is you're, you have no idea what you're playing for other than knowing or other than than trying to get more money, so the, I I agree with you. I agree with you completely. You you are essentially playing to lose because that's the only time you're really gonna stop. Yeah, you're not gonna stop while you're up. And I'll tell you what, man, gambling is fun. And I know we have some young people that listen to this podcast. We got some old people, you know, people that have never gambled. And I'll be the first to tell you it is okay. And there's nothing wrong with it inherently. It can get out of control, and that's a problem, and I agree with that. And I have to be careful because I don't have unlimited money, and I'll play, I'll play blackjack like I have unlimited money. I'll play blackjack like I invented the game, okay? And I, w- I would say I'm one of the best ever to play, but the problem is it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're the best ever in blackjack because you will, you will inherently lose. That's just part of it. Nate's been with me when we gambled. We actually, Nate was well, on the cruise ship. Was that our first time? That gambling? was our first time. Okay. Uh, we did really well on that ship, I have to say. Uh, and it was super fun. And we met some cool people doing it. We met some really drunk people doing it. Uh, well, one drunk blonde woman in particular. Uh, she was very obnoxious. So if you go play, if you go play blackjack or any gambling game, uh, just don't be her. You know, don't be the blonde drunk girl. Um, but I'll say it's really fun when you're winning, still fun when you're losing, just not as fun, you know, like you can still have a good time doing it, but just remember that really what you're doing in gambling is you're just playing to lose. That's, that's really the whole point. Yeah. And I, I, uh, was thinking about this just as a little piece of advice after something McCarty said, you know, it's with anything. Gambling is very fun. He, you know, if he, if it gets to a point where it's, uh, you know, dangerous to you or harmful to you in any way where, you know, maybe you're gambling too much, move away from it. But that's with anything. So you can't blame gambling for that. It's got nothing to do with gambling. Everything in moderation is good. And I just want to throw that in there so we don't think that just gambling can get out of hand. You know, uh, we've talked about a a number of things that are important already in, in just about seven minutes. And so I want to recap that you shouldn't wear vests. Okay. And I didn't really get into why. Um, I think it goes without saying. Uh, I kind of explained it. It's not a full piece. It's not a full piece of clothing. Okay. We can't wear 
half of a shirt. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It also doesn't look good. Okay. And vests are always expensive and it's a waste of money. So there are however many number of reasons I just gave you to not wear them. And there's going to be people on here that on the, that listen to this podcast that wear vests and, and you're going to say I'm wrong and, and I'm not. Okay. That's, that's the point is that I'm not. And ties, I love a good tie. Like I'll wear one. You know, I get what Nate said. It's a nice accessory, but why though? The thing about it is why, why is it a nice accessory? What is the origin of it? And why do we do it? No one knows, man. No one knows. And we have to be careful about things we don't know. Okay. And the last thing so far has been gamblers play to lose. Nate, I have a random trivia question for you. Let me tell you. Tell me when I have your full attention. You have it. Okay. What is the only sport (laughs) in parentheses that I know? I'm pretty sure it's the only one, but it's definitely the only one that I know uh, that you don't know the score before the end of the game. Oh, my goodness. You don't know the score before the end of the game? I'll give you like so context is like when you play basketball, there's a scoreboard and they're keeping it and like, you know, how many points you're down at the end or if you're winning by X amount football, baseball, it's all the same. You know, you know, the score. That's the only sport that I know. I'm pretty sure the only one that neither the players or the fans know the score until the very end. I have no idea. Tell me if you know it. Okay. Uh, Boxing. Is a sport. Ah, okay. Boxing, I think, I think mixed martial arts too. I don't watch it enough. I think that's true also. But yeah, in boxing, the 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 fighters don't know really. I mean, you can get like a general feel of it if you know you're getting wolfed up, you're bloody, and the other guy's not. That's like a pretty good sign. But you don't technically know the score or what the judges are scoring you each round until the very end. So it's kind of an interesting way to play a game i would not like that if i was playing basketball and didn't know the score um which honestly when i play i don't really keep up with the score a lot so i have to ask but i genuine generally would like to know so if you're a boxer out there kudos and i commend you for fighting regardless of what the outcome is because you actually don't even know. it gives you real incentive like if it was basketball it'd give you real incentive to make sure you are scoring more buckets than the other team that's true. I guess you could keep like a mental score of it. Yeah. Um, here's a random thing too. There's a lot of things I don't know in the world, but it's 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 not because I haven't been informed or educated. It's because they don't make sense. Okay. Nate, would you say that you know about 99% of all things? Uh, I know about 99% of all things? Yeah. Man, I put myself at like a five. No. Well, you're being awfully humble there because I'm I'm in the top. I, I would give myself about 85 percent of of everything known to man. I know it. Wow. Already, I think. Yeah, and I and I prefer you know I say that because um, there's some things that I don't know. Like why are we you know the vest thing or why do we wear ties? And and here's something that I don't understand at all. Why in when you're watching a movie? do and and, uh the character in the movie has a phone and they're texting somebody okay you following so far so they're texting somebody on this phone and every single time in the movie there's no text history 
Now, I don't know why that is a thing. Who in the world doesn't have text history with a number that is saved in their phone? Okay, do you? Am I wrong, Nate? You've seen every movie on Earth, and I know that you've noticed before. Every time somebody looks down at their phone and they're texting, there's no other messages. That is so unrealistic. I agree, and I think it. I think it'd be a nice touch to have a text history. I think that's just the. You know, um, Shameless is a TV show that, that comes to mind when you say this. They show people going to the bathroom. There is like no other show or real movie that shows people going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Or it takes the time to point. do that. Um, and they were one of the first. And I don't, I don't know if you want to be known for that by any means, but you're, you're right. It's just a nice touch to have to have that on there. Well, it's not even like... There's some things like... Uh you'll see a movie of like a married couple and the woman will have a ring on, even though that actor may not actually be married in real life, they'll still put a ring on her finger to show that she's married. And that's like a part of her, um, not costume, but whatever they call it. Um, but that would be like the same thing as like, let's make this look like a real life situation and put some text history in here. It's crazy. Every time I notice it every time, I, I've probably seen, I don't know, six movies with with uh, people like texting on a phone and they have no text history. It makes no sense. And it's really not hard because if, you know, even if they're showing you the text message and they're trying to make it the focal point of what they're what they're showing you, you know, maybe they don't want you reading something from before, but just like cut it off or have like the word, you know, see, talk to you later or something, you know, that. Or make it blurry. Like, I mean, you can like zoom in and focus on one thing, but like make it realistic. Um, There's also different types of paper in the world. You know, when you, when you really think about how, how many different like named types of paper, Nate, give me all the ones you can think of. Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, Printer. Uh, I can give you uh, cardstock. Yep. Um, you know, embossed, gloss. <laughs> okay, that's a stress. These are stretches, but okay. Uh, you know, I feel like you're walking through like a hobby lobby right colored, now. Colored paper. Yeah. Uh, so know. I'm thinking more along the lines of you're way bad at this, but <laughs> I mean those are types. But like you were just walking through hobby lobby in your mind. So you gotta think about like grid paper, okay, okay. or college ruled oh yeah maybe even wide ruled construction paper okay cardstock was another one you got tissue paper newspaper okay there's all these different kinds of papers who thinks of these things man why do we have so many different kinds of paper it's actually amazing when you think about how your body you like can sense a different kind of paper so like if you are reading the Bible and you like flip a page and you like knew you could tell if you accidentally flip two pages, like you can feel it in your fingers and you'll like flip back and you're like, yep, I knew it. Or if you're like reading a novel and you're like flip, which is usually a different consistency, you would flip through the page and you're like, Oh, that was two pages. And then you go back. It's just like weird how our bodies like have adjusted to all these different types of paper in the world. And everybody's like, paper comes from trees. It's like, yeah, but we're not thinking about how many different cuts of this tree we've made. 
with all these different kinds of paper. I would love to know if certain trees make certain types of paper. And that might be a crazy question, but I think I'm on to something. Oh, and I think you're, you're entering a dangerous area. I mean, we were raised to not ask questions about these things. And, you know, maybe that's for a reason. I don't know. I don't know uh, why we why we don't ask these questions. And with everything in the environment and, and trees getting cut down and there's this side um, that's like, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. And then this side over here is like, no, no, no don't cut them down. You know, maybe you're walking a fine line here with with the the types of paper and um, does cardstock take more wood? Uh, I don't even know the process to go from wood to to paper. I did it in, in elementary school one time with papyrus or something. Um, but you know, the process to get from wood to paper how how many how many pieces of paper can you go from one tree, one adult tree to uh, paper? Um, does it make a full notebook? Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then how thick of a cut, like you said, does it make into one piece of paper? So are we, are we cutting down a lot of trees for cardstock? I don't know. Cause cardstock's pretty thick, um, embossed. Dude. But like, also, can we just acknowledge that no one's using cardstock anymore? I use cardstock every day of my job. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first. He criminalized himself. I knew somebody was keeping cardstock in business. And it wasn't me. Okay, I used a lot of car sock when I was in fourth grade. And I had to make signs. Okay, and be a smarty vote for McCarty, which they did. Okay, and I won. And I don't remember if I actually had any sort of authority or role as being class president, but I did win. Secondly, I have not used car sock since then. Okay, and I think you're the only one left. Super thick. It is very thick. That's true. Um, I don't think it's necessary, though. Tell me one thing you've printed I print on cardstock. I every flyer that we make on cardstock. I knew it. You're running for class Nobody president. Nobody is running I for class it. president. I do it for my events. Yeah, Nate, I started this podcast. That's full disclosure. I started this podcast or this episode this week, uh, Livid. Okay. And for those that don't know how to spell Livid, that's L-I-V-I-D which is five letters that mean furious, which also mean livid. Okay. Because Nate tried to tell me that we could, it's Wednesday, by the way. Uh, he tried, we weren't going to record today because it's really late at night. And I mean, I, my eyes are closed already. I'm so tired. Like I'm, I'm talking to you with my eyes closed and Nate was trying to tell me that we couldn't record tomorrow because he's literally busy from 9am to 9pm. Now, Let's take a poll in the room of how many people believe that's actually true. Nate, I'll be the first to tell you no one in this room raised their hand. So I I think you have, one, some serious explaining to do, and two, I'm attacking, and I I do want to answer these allegations because it's it's hard for me to let our audience and our base and all all of our followers, we have have a lot of them, uh, um, thank you for tuning in, everybody, and I, I know that I'm your favorite. We don't. We don't, don't suck up to them. We don't, don't need to do don't a do poll this. on Facebook, but if we did, I, I know what, what the outcome would be. So I just want to uh, stand up to these allegations and say that I have a doctor's appointment at 8, okay? Those usually last about an hour, all right? They're, they're a little slower. They're a little slower here. It takes about an hour to do a standard appointment, okay? So that goes to 9 a.m., right? Then I have to shop for 55 families and their kids for this, some kind of thing that we do for them, 
um, you know, for families that can't necessarily afford Christmas gifts. Aw, right? No, aw. Dude, if I had an alarm, I would have sounded it for the being the most vague explanation of anything. You said we shop for 55 families for some, we give them something for something on something day. That's what you said. I don't want to come across as I'm like, you know, a saint or anything. I'm just telling you that we collect money. Ivy Tech does, uh, the school that I work for. And, you know, we get, we contribute to families in the area for them to have gifts for their children. And I, that's a, that's a really cool thing. Right. Okay, McCarty. Am I the first to tell you about Amazon? Amazon is great at shopping for families in need. And I believe it would be the best solution. That's for so you. unintentional. Listen to yourself. Sorry. Sorry to our viewers and or our listeners. And I apologize for that. That's not how, that's not how we do it. Okay. 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 Next. What else do you have on the pa- massive agenda? All right. If anybody knows how long it takes to shop for one person, imagine fifty-five. Okay. And then after that's all said and done, I have some. I have an, a two-hour event tomorrow night. And at that point, we could still do it at about eight o'clock. But you guys would be in bed, and and you know it would be past the time that you would be on your normal commute. So I just figured it'd be too late by then. Yeah, he's trying to make it sound like he, you know, he's he's looking out for our audience. Whatever, man. I'll be the first to tell you, I could shop for fifty-five people in about ten minutes. Okay, I would order fifty-five fifty-dollar gift cards to Chili's, and every single person that got one would love it because they have the best chips and salsa, they have the best queso dip, and their chocolate molten cake will literally change your year. Okay, so there's your solution right there. Can we there. talk about that for a minute? I don't, I don't like any type of queso. That's not just the warmed up. Okay, that's gonna sound ignorant. I know what queso is. I'm just trying to make this as basic as possible. What is it then? You know, tell me what it is. Certain herbs and spices. It, it is essentially a nice form of melted cheese. Okay, it's not just melted cheese, but you know, there's some herbs and spices in there. But I don't like when they got, you know, like Chili's has a good dip, but I don't like that they call that queso. It's like got beans in it and stuff. Yeah, it's more like a chili. It's like a, I would say it's closer related to chili than it is to queso. But how dare you speak ill of Chili's? How, first of all, how dare you? And secondly, you're wrong. Okay. And I, I wish. That Chili's would pay for me to put a tattoo on my chest that said Chili's, and then I could just walk around my whole life because I would do it. I love that place. That place brought me a lot of great memories from age 16 to today, and I would continue supporting them through and through. Okay. And their queso, which in your defense is closer related to chili, is delicious. Chili's is like, Chili's is like the opposite of American Eagle. Like, American Eagle always had American Eagle on their clothes and nobody bought them. So they're like, shoot, let's take American Eagle off of our clothes. And then everybody bought them. Chili's is like, let's have really good food. And people loved it. And then they're like, okay, now let's fry everything. And then everybody's like, nah. (laughs) Did they do that? (laughs) I don't think they do that. I walk out of that. I'm going to tell you, I get uh, Cajun chicken pasta from Chili's every time. So truthfully, I don't even know what the rest of the I walk out of that place like. just smelling like fried food. Um, have you ever made fried rice I, before? No, I, I'm not skilled. I know 
I know from you that that is that is a long process. And people were wondering, McCarty, why did you jump from Chili's fried food to uh, fried rice? And the the real answer is because they both have the word fried in them. And that's what made me think of it. Um, I love fried rice. Okay. And there, and there is certain places that do it really well. And then there are certain places that say they have fried rice and then you eat it and you're like, this is not fried rice. This is not good at all. Uh, so you have to be careful. I would say most Chinese takeout places have a decent fried rice. It's not the best ever, but it's edible. Um, and then when I was like a very young adult, I'm still a very young adult, but like even younger than I am now, um, I attempted to make fried rice and I had some very good guidance from a close mentor slash friend of mine that is really good at it, at making it. And uh, she kind of walked me through it. I felt like I did everything right. And then I ate it and I didn't take a second bite because it was disgusting. And that same process happened seven different times. And seven is pretty close to 10. And that's a lot of times. So on the eighth time, I changed it up and I finally figured it out. And my fried rice is what the young people say, baller. So if you're looking for a good fried rice recipe, which doesn't mean it's going to be good. Okay. That's the thing. A lot of recipes, you can like just read it and do what's on it. Like reading, get the ingredients, read the instructions, do it. And then it tastes like it's supposed to. Fried rice is not like that. You have to know what you're doing. There's like certain techniques, certain timing and all this stuff. So if you're looking for somebody to walk you through it, I charge $0 an hour and I will, I will gladly help you out. Nate, on the other hand, struggles to read the instructions for mac and cheese and has burned Easy Mac in my presence. So don't ask him for anything. I do have select. Uh, sorry, that word was supposed to come later. I do have, I am very talented at select dishes. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I make some of the world's best scrambled eggs with cheese. Well, Nate, walk me through the ingredients okay, well, for that. What do you think the ingredients are since you're so knowledgeable about eggs? Well, what would you do? Oh. I think I would take, well, first of all, with the attitude there, let's just acknowledge that. Secondly, uh, I don't like eggs at all. So I don't think that I would ever make this dish unless I was making it for somebody, which I would because I'm a great host, but I would never prefer to make this on my own. Uh, I would, I'm going to guess you use, uh, you always make like in absurd amounts of things. So I'm going to say you use six eggs, uh, and then you use a mix of, because you're obnoxious, a mix of mozzarella cheese and then some kind of like talk, uh, okay. like Mexican okay. blend. Okay. I was going to say okay. taco, but that's disgusting. Mexican blend. I don't know what, I don't know what that concoction would taste like. And I don't want to know. Okay. I'm talking a delicacy. Okay. I take it from, I take it from the chicken and, and it goes straight into a delicacy. It's not. It's not salted. It's not peppered. It's not. It's none of the. You know, I'm, I didn't I'm even not say saying, those words. Saying, you know, it's not the traditional. Oh, you just you know, crack the eggs up, put salt. No, over easy, undercooked, whatever the heck the terms are. Nobody eats those. Sunny side down or whatever the heck. Nobody eats that crap. That doesn't make sense to me. It's just cracking an egg open and putting it on the thing. All right, I crack four eggs open, and that's for two people because they say over time. If you do any more than two eggs per person, your cholesterol can really spike, okay? So I do two eggs per person. 
over time you can turn into a chicken. Well, I think that's what they say. You never know with time. And so two eggs per person. Okay. And I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I'll just do it because I love the viewer, the listeners. Um, pour some milk in there and just a little bit until you feel the splash. All right. And that makes them really fluffy. That'll make your eggs fluffy. Okay. And then. <laughs> How do you? How close to the freaking pan do you have to get to feel the you splash? Feel what the does splash. that mean? Like you have a feeling of like you see the milk spread, and that's kind of like the splash that I'm describing. You would know if you made the eggs, and okay. then two scoops of two teaspoons, nah, two tablespoons of butter, and that'll just uh, provide a little bit more flavor and a little bit more fluff. You stir it while it's heating till it's golden, golden yellow. And then you just keep doing it until it uh, turns into eggs. Sprinkle your cheese, heat it back up. Perfect. I don't even. I don't even begin to like. Okay, here's what would happen. In real life, this is what would happen. I would buy a plane ticket. I would go to Nate's house. He has a beautiful house, and I would. We'd wake up in the morning. I am not great in the morning. Uh, to say the least. And mostly because Nate, when we lived together, used to come wake me up at random times because he thought it was funny and I didn't think it was funny. And so then he'd be like, McCarty's grumpy. It's like, yeah, I am grumpy when people wake me up for no reason. He would wake me up and then just laugh or take a Snapchat video. Okay, that's not funny to me at all. Anyway, Nate would probably do the same thing and then say, do you want some eggs? Knowing full well, I don't like eggs. And then I would watch him make this and he would commentate the whole time it would be like he was doing it for youtube even though no one's listening okay nate's the type of guy to make a youtube video of him making scrambled eggs and cheese but he's not actually recording and no <laughs> one's there okay he's just talking just for no reason and that's what would happen and then i would leave i would buy a new plane ticket and i would walk to the airport because i didn't want to be around well i can't that's what would with that. all of that was factual it's probably happening oh, sure. at some point in our relationship at some point um nate why don't you wrap us up and do do good about it just like do it well so i don't have to come in hey thanks thank you for um thank you for listening today and um I will leave this awkward room. <laughs> no, thanks for thanks for listening and, and thanks for uh, bearing with McCarty's busy schedule and and that we got this that we got this in on time. And I appreciate you being here. And I know he's trying to say something right now, so I'm just gonna keep talking really fast. Um, and we will see you next week. Uh, just keep in mind that the following week, I haven't even talked about this with McCarty, but the week after next week uh, is going to be Christmas. I think it's right on that Wednesday. So we will not be recording and we will give you time with your families, even though you'll be dying to listen to us. But uh, just keep that in mind. And we will. you will hear from us next week. Next week. See you.